0: That is why we lift up the name of Jesus on this program every day. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message.
1: I want you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to Nehemiah chapter 4. How many of you uh, enjoyed our study through the book of Nehemiah? You're enjoying this. All right. We started at chapter 1. And uh, just to catch you up to speed in case you're a visitor here today, Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah is a Jew that was born in exile a thousand miles uh, from Jerusalem. Uh, He's a cupbearer to a king named King Artaxerxes, a heathen king. And um, Jerusalem has been destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar. The temple was destroyed, the walls were destroyed. A hundred and thirty years earlier, Nehemiah, he's in exile and he gets a report after 130 years that the walls are still destroyed. He, it bothers him, he weeps, he cries, he fasts, he mourns and he prays and he asks God to give him favor to do something about this. Well, in chapter two, God answers his prayer. Uh, he gets an audience with King Artaxerxes, and the heathen king gives Nehemiah in chapter two. He gives him permission. He gives him uh, a passport. He gives him papers and provisions to go back a thousand miles to Jerusalem to rebuild walls that have been destroyed for 130 years. That's chapter two. In chapter three, Nehemiah. Uh, Gathers the people together and if you were here last week, I tried to read the names of all those people But last week we saw where the people began to rebuild those walls And they stood shoulder to shoulder on that wall and began to rebuild those walls And today we come to chapter 4 And if you have your outline inside your bulletin, I want to speak to you on this subject times of discouragement because as you see in our text anytime someone decides to do something good for god the enemy the devil and opposition those who oppose god's work they come out of the woodwork and what i have learned from being in ministry my entire life that one of satan's greatest tools to defeat us is the tool of discouragement did you know that there's a virus that is sweeping our country today it's not the common cold it's not the covid virus no this outbreak is as deadly as any outbreak our nation has ever experienced it's called the epidemic of discouragement it's a universal problem none of us are immune to it It's a reoccurring problem. It can hit you again and again and again. It's highly contagious. It spreads by even casual contact, and there is no vaccine. It's called discouragement. And I'm glad you came to church today because in chapter four, which I'm going to read, we will find the causes for discouragement and we will find the cure for discouragement. It's important that you're here today. I cannot tell you the number of people that have told me in recent weeks, and even I myself have experienced, for some reason, people are more discouraged than they've ever been in their entire life. So it's good that you came to church today. Amen? So take your Bibles, take your Bibles, turn to Nehemiah chapter 4, and what we're going to see, I'm going to just read through uh, like the first 15 verses. And then we're going to get on our outline and just go through it as quickly as we can. But as I read through this in chapter 4, you're going to see these three guys that showed up in chapter 2, those three troublemakers, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, they showed up in chapter 2, they show up here in chapter 4, and guess what? They're going to show up again in chapter 6. These guys are relentless and it's just it drives the point that any time anybody tries to do something great for God that the opposition is always going to raise its ugly head so as we read through this you're going to see those three troublemakers are you with me all right so let's read a good thing we don't have all these terrible difficult names to read the first guy is sam ballot everybody say sam ballot verse 1 he's kind of the ringleader of the three amigos When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, again, go back to chapter three, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews. And in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they once again offer sacrifices? And remember last week, chapter 3, they started off rebuilding the sheep gate where the sheep would come in uh, into the temple area to be sacrificed. He said, will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble burned as they are? Verse 3 Tobiah, the Ammonite, who was at his side, he actually, he's uh, trying to crack a joke here. He says, what they are building, why, even if a fox climbed up on it, he would break down their wall of stones. And then Nehemiah did what? He prayed. Verse 4, hear us, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults, God, back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. So, verse 6, we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached about half its height, for the people worked with all of their heart we looked at last week, anytime God's people work shoulder to shoulder and you work with all of your heart, you can accomplish anything for God. Amen? You should be clapping at that. <laughs> Verse 7, but when Ballot, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the men of Ashdod, when they heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and the gaps were being closed they were very angry they all plotted together to come and fight against jerusalem and stir up trouble against it verse 9 but we pray to our god and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat meanwhile the people in judah said that the strength of the laborers is giving out And there's so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Verse 11, also our enemies have told us that before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and we will kill them and we will put an end to this work. Verse 12, then the Jews who lived near them came and told us 10 times, not once, not twice, not seven times, but 10 times they told us that wherever you turn, they're gonna attack us. And therefore I, Nehemiah, stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And the last two verses, verse 14 and 15, after I looked things over, I, Nehemiah, said, I stood up and I said to the nobles, to the officials and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your homes. And when our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to his own work. May God bless the reading of his word here today. In this story... There are four things that can and will lead to times of discouragement. And they're all in the text. Number one, write this down, is fatigue. Fatigue. It said there in verse 10 that the strength of the laborers is giving out. These people had worked so hard they were exhausted. Their strength was giving out. Whenever you get physically tired, physically worn down... It's almost impossible to remain emotionally and spiritually up. So one of the most important things you can do when you're feeling discouraged is to get some rest. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is to go to bed early and just sleep. Now, just so you know, sleeping in church doesn't count. Give an elbow to your friend and tell them to wake up. Vince Lombardi, the great football coach, once said that fatigue makes cowards of us all. It's interesting in this text that the Bible says there in verse 6 that they were about halfway finished when they started to get fatigued. Isn't that how it always happens? You jump into a project, you're all excited, you're full of energy, and you get about halfway through. And you start to wonder, am I going to make it? And that's why some people never finish, whether it's in a marriage or whether you're attending a life group, volunteering for some ministry, or maybe you're just learning a new skill set. Once you get tired, once you get worn out, you start to get discouraged. The second thing that causes discouragement in our text is frustration. They said these words. There is so much rubble. In other words... First of all, they got tired, and then they saw all the rubble, and they thought, there's still a lot to do. We're never going to finish. And it was discouraging. The litter, the debris, the trash, the broken pieces of the wall, the broken bricks and the mortar, will never finish building this wall. Rubble is anything that keeps you from accomplishing your goals. I want to say that to you again. Rubble is anything that keeps you from accomplishing your goals. Turn to your neighbor and say, rubble is trouble. Just say that, rubble is trouble. And whatever it is that distracts you, that eats away at you being productive, is rubble. Some of you said, well, I'm gonna read through the whole Bible, but instead, you spend all your time on social media. That's rubble. Some of you said, well, I'm going to get in shape physically, and then you start eating potato chips. (laughs) Those potato chips are rubble. He said, I'm going to clean out my garage. I'm going to to clean out that closet. Yeah, you say that, but you know you get in there, you're not going to finish it. You don't even attempt it anymore. Perhaps you're trying to fix a broken relationship, and it's just you get involved. There's too many issues. There's too many excuses, and you keep thinking this is This is going to take so long. It's just frustrating. It's discouraging. The third cause of discouragement in this text is failure. They finally reached a point where they looked at all the rubble. They said these words, we cannot rebuild this wall. We simply can't do it. We failed. Failure is a major cause of being discouraged. Perhaps you were fired from work. Perhaps your marriage fell apart. Maybe your children rebelled. Maybe you didn't pass a test or exam that you thought you'd pass. Just about the time you thought you made ends meet, somebody moved the ends. You attempted fulfilling a dream that God put on your heart. You gave it your best shot. Your business went south. Your life fell apart. The question is, how do you respond to failure? How do you react when something seems impossible? Do you start blaming others? Do you blame yourself? Do you give up? Do you throw in the towel? Do you say, what's the use? Successful people never see failure as an end, but only as a temporary setback. You remember when Jesus died on that cross? He actually literally died, and they took him off the cross, and they put him in a tomb, and they put a large stone in front of the uh, mouth of that tomb. I mean, for all practical purposes, it looked like a failure. But let me tell you this. I want you to write this down. Jesus dying on a cross was not failure. It was only a three-day setback. That's all it was. It was just a little setback. Never, 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 never give up. Remember that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us amen amen and the fourth cause for discouragement is fear fear their enemies said before those jews even know it or see us we will be right there among them and we will kill them and we will put an end to this work you see chapter 2 chapter 4 And you're going to see in chapter 6, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the opposition, they ridiculed the Jews, they mocked the Jews, they harassed the Jews, they criticized the Jews, and finally here, they have threatened them. They said, we will kill you. And in verse 12, the Jews who lived there said 10 times that every time you turn around, they attack us. These fears and concerns and threats were legit. Now, I've not explained this to you, but I want to show you a map just to give you a little, again, history. Uh, Jerusalem uh, is right there in the middle, and they were surrounded by people that were considered to be the enemies of God. To the north, you have the Samaritans. Uh, to the east, you have the Ammonites. To the west, you have the Ashdodites. And down south were the Arab tribes, And so, I want you to think about this. The Jews have been gone for 130 years. They've been carried off into captivity. So, the enemies of God had basically just taken over. And here, by this guy named Nehemiah, with the blessing of the heathen king Artaxerxes, travels a thousand miles back to Jerusalem and begins to rebuild these walls. Think about this. Their enemies loved the fact that the Jews were carried off in captivity. The enemies loved the fact that the temple had been completely destroyed. The enemies loved the fact that the walls had been completely destroyed, and that the Jews could not defend themselves. Well, if you think about this, They didn't want the balance of power in the region to shift from them back to the Jews. The last thing the enemies wanted was for those walls to be rebuilt. They would do anything, which we'll see again in chapter 6 if you're here, they'll do anything to keep these Jews from rebuilding these walls. They would do anything to discourage Nehemiah. They would do anything to discourage the Jewish people. They would do anything to keep God's people from doing a good work. Now, they had to be devious and secretive about their plans because, remember, Nehemiah had the backing of King Artaxerxes. Why, if these nations attacked Judah, they would risk facing the full wrath of the Persian Empire. Having said all that, I want to ask you this question. What is it? in your life today that you're discouraged about are you under attack in some form or fashion are you frustrated is anyone here fatigued is anyone here fearful is anyone here you failed at something well i guarantee you if you're feeling discouraged today it's probably because of one of those four things or a combination of those four things but praise the Lord, we have a Bible. Because we didn't just read the causes of discouragement. In this text, we see the cure for discouragement. So I'm glad you're here today, amen? amen. Number one, write this down. Here's the first cure. You have to request God's help. And you know what this is. This is called prayer. Prayer. In verse 4 and 5 in this text, he immediately prays. Now, if you've been here with us, we're in chapter 4. We've already looked at three chapters. Chapter 4, if you've been with us, you know that in chapter 1, Nehemiah prays. We know that in chapter 2, Nehemiah prays. Guess what? In chapter 5, Nehemiah is going to pray. And when we get to chapter 6, guess what Nehemiah does in chapter 6? He prays. And what do you think he does here in chapter four? He prays. And in this prayer in chapter four, he basically, if you read his prayer, which I read it to you, and if you look at it, he basically says, Lord, I'm going to take all this discouragement, I'm going to take all this opposition, my enemies, and I'm just going to hand them over to you, God. You deal with them. And he just hands them over. Note that he didn't give any lectures. He didn't organize a protest. He did not organize a raiding party against the enemies. He didn't put a spin on anything. He didn't thank God. He didn't write anything on Facebook. He just prayed. And he turned it over to God. When people talk bad about you... Don't talk bad about them in return. You're just like the person talking bad about you. If someone talks bad about you, don't talk bad about them in return. If somebody talks bad about you, just talk to God and let God deal with it. Oh, listen to me. Anytime you decide to do God's work, the waves of criticism are going to wash over you. And when those waves of criticism wash over to you, request God's help and just let it go. It's one of the reasons why I love the fact that we're putting up these Pray for America signs all over the San Fernando Valley. As I've driven around, I've seen some of you put those signs up and if you haven't had your sign, you you can still get them out front church after church. You can pick one up because uh, I'm I'm going to have to start mailing them to people because people are asking me to mail them to different parts of the country. So after this weekend, if you don't get your sign, I am going to start mailing those those out. Now now here's what here's what I feel. When I watch the news, not for five minutes. When I watch the news for two minutes, I get discouraged. If I look at social media for two minutes, I get discouraged. But when I pray, it's like I give all that to God. I'm no longer discouraged.
0: Never before have we seen our world in such need of divine healing, both physically and spiritually. Perhaps God has brought your personal needs to the forefront by our program today. If that is true, we have phone counselors standing by and ready to pray with you. Our number is easy to dial. It's 888-818-4777. Don't hesitate to reach out to us. Our number again is 888-818-4777. For more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, you can visit our website, liftupjesus.com. Our address again is liftupjesus.com. Deep in the heart of every believer, there's a faint whisper, a call, a prompting. We go about our business and we hear it. We see and interact with lost people every day, and the whisper echoes again for us to share our faith and tell others about Jesus. And yet, we still resist. In his latest book, Compelled, Pastor Dudley Rutherford shares his earnest desire for each and every believer to be equipped with the good news of salvation. He encourages you with inspiring stories of men and women, young and old, who have accepted the irresistible call to share Jesus with everyone they meet and he provides practical methods to overcome your fears and effectively articulate the message of salvation. Thousands of readers have already taken advantage of this incredible book, and now it's here for you. Compelled, the irresistible call to share your faith, can be yours right now for a gift of $15 or more to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. It's as easy as calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888 818 4777. You can also get Compelled, The Irresistible Call to Share Your Faith on our website, liftupjesus.com. Our address again is liftupjesus.com. Discover for yourself the strength that awaits inside you to speak boldly to others of how Jesus Christ has changed your life forever. Don't hesitate. Call us right now and get your copy of Pastor Dudley's latest book, Compelled, The Irresistible Call to Share Your Faith today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again tomorrow at this same time as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.